and get started. Um, she has a lot to show. Uh, I'm Carolyn Hartzell. This is Ashley Hodge. Um, she's the eSports guru. She's, she knows this stuff. <laughs> um, and uh, Daesung Kim. And then they can't hear in the back. Okay. Hello. Um, welcome this afternoon. Um, I can talk loud if I want to. So um, I'm Terrilyn Hartzell, and then this is Ashley Hodge. She is the eSports e guru. She's been doing this for a lot, long time. Um, and I'm actually impressed. She's actually doing her doctoral dissertation on eSports, which is very unusual. I have never seen this done ever. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and then this is Daesung Kim. We're from Valdosta State. Um, but this is kind of like her show, so I'm going to kind of just kind of go through and introduce, you know, just a few of the key points that we're going to talk about. Then she's going to do a lot of demos. She's going to give you guys tips in case you do want to integrate eSports uh, curriculum in your schools, which I think you should. Okay, there's some promising aspects about this because the industry itself is very interested in education. They've got money. Okay, this is something that I discovered. <laughs> um, this is something I want Valdosta State to get involved too. So, um, so these are the things that we're going to talk about today. And then um, Daesung Kim is going to kind of sum it up at the end. But uh, this is all part of game-based learning. This is gamification. Game-based learning is what? You're using games as kind of like the central focus to teach a content area. Um, so like in social studies, you might use some kind of simulation like Oregon Trail. Okay, so, so the focus is more upon the game. Gamification is a little bit different and that you're using characteristics of, you know, gaming elements, sort of like leaderboards, point system, um, like competition, things like that. But it's not necessarily like a game, you know, like a game. It's, it's kind of like you're integrating. For instance, um, okay, like in case some of you teach like online courses or something like that, you have discussion threads. Um, you can make that as a game, so like, okay students, if you post five discussion posts, you know, you get two points, okay? So you can make it as a game. It's not a game, it is a discussion thread, but see, you can make it as a game. So that's the difference. And some of the characteristics of games, um, I don't know if you can see it from in the back, but, um, you know, you as the facilitator, the teacher, the coordinator, whatever role you are, you can kind of control how strong the competition is, you know, how less the competition is, depending upon the needs of the, uh, you know, the students. Um, another aspect is that you can kind of minimize stress, so it's not like a quiz where, you know, people stress out. It's a little bit different, so that's another aspect. This is the big one, peer interactivity and cooperation. She's going to be talking about this because eSports is a team event, um, and so you're, you're going to hear a little bit more about that. And then, of course, it can simulate real-life skills because people have to work together, they got to problem-solve, um, and then also it can be very fun, so it's something different. Esports in general, this came from the commercial side, the industry, okay? Um, it's a billion-dollar industry, okay? All of a sudden, schools, particularly high schools across the nations and some colleges, now they're getting involved in esports. And so she'll talk about the different leagues, <laughs> the different tournaments um, that's involved. And it takes like, there's different. There's multiplayer, um, there's kind of like cards, uh, like real-time strategy type games. There's different games. So it's not just like fantasy football, you know, you watch a football team, you know, game online. It can be, but there's something, there's other options there, okay? Um, as with traditional sports, okay, um, games are broken down in competitive tournaments. And one good thing about esports in education is that a lot of high schools are allowing this. Before they were a little skeptical. <laughs> it's sports, video game, sports, huh? Okay, why is it in you know high schools and things like that? Now schools are recognizing it. Okay, so I'm seeing more and more about this you know, online. Uh, STEM, okay, it's, it's a pathway to STEM. Uh, benefits, 
it, you, can, you can't see it in the back, but there's a lot of skills, you know, um, so like a teamwork, uh, technology literacy, um, communication, you got to work on that. Um, other things is that, and this is what they're advocating for, is that people who participate in esports, it, it, it's a very inclusive environment because it doesn't matter who you are. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter what level, what grade level, uh, you know, gender, I, it, it doesn't matter. Everybody can get involved. Uh, and so that's one good thing about it. And you do see people, some of the shy students in your classroom, when they're in this team, they're great. <laughs> they're great. Um, and then there's possible career so, so, uh, choices, uh, not just STEAM, but you can get into broadcasting, you can get into sports management, you can get into game development. Um, and this is, this is what piqued my interest being in higher education, is that um, from what I found, 25 universities are offering eSports scholarships for players to be in the university team. Okay? Um, something, uh, you can't see it, but University of Texas has a scholarship, Hawaii Pacific, University of California Irvine is getting involved, Ohio State University is giving a scholarship, and some of these scholarships can go anywhere from $1,000 to $20,000. Okay? So if you are in the high school, this is something that you might <laughs> want. If your high schools don't have it, you may want to bring this to your students' attention um, because if they kind of start getting involved on their own, maybe, in this eSports, they might be able to find some scholarships, okay? So, this is her show. I'm going <laughs> to And if you guys have questions, she's here. <laughs> so you need to ask her. <clears throat> and then we're going to pass out handouts. And at the end, we kind of, this is kind of, well, it's not really a game, but there is a little gaming element. But, so we're going to pass out some handouts while she's talking. All right, so can everybody hear me? Yes. You can tell I'm a teacher and a theater kid. I love that voice projection. Uh, yes, my name is Ashley Hodge, soon to be Dr. Hodge. Yay, congratulations. And uh, I like to consider myself an eSports guru. I have been around quite a bit, uh, without revealing my age, which you know a woman must never do. Uh, eSports started in 2017 uh, for Georgia through GHSA, the Athletic Association, and I was in on season zero. Um, so I've been coaching since 2017. Uh, I'm attached to Play Versus, which is one of the three major companies that offers esports to middle school and high school. And so what that means, since I'm attached to them, I'm kind of an ambassador for them in some ways. I'm considered a super coach, which means if you're a coach and you have problems and you're in Georgia, uh, you can contact me and I'm more than happy to help you. Uh, I also run a YouTube channel. I run a bunch of different YouTube channels, but one is called the Esports Report. That is about specific issues for high schools in Georgia. Uh, we have a podcast version of that and a video. And then there is my personal channel that I play games and I coach some of the games that are played in high school. It's called Ashley Plays Games. Um, so those are two things, two really good resources you can check out. Um, I'm also a member of the Riot Scholastic Association of America. So Riot is a game developer. Uh, they've been around for 10 years. They're stationed in L.A. and they periodically fly me over there. Uh, which is really cool because I get to explore LA. And then I also serve on GHSA's advisory esports board. So I'm, I'm spread out across the state. Uh, also, uh, if you just Google my name in esports, a ton of articles are going to come up. Uh, the Atlanta Journal Constitution interviewed me, NBC has interviewed me, Vice News made a documentary about my old high school esports programs. Uh, there's just a ton of stuff out there about me. Hi, I'm Ashley Hodge. <laughs> so let's talk about implementing esports curriculum. Um, so how can you get started? Uh, esports is a growing uh, multi-billion dollar business. Uh, I was a gamer back in the 90s when you had to hide in your basement or you get, got made fun of for playing video games. Uh, my mom wished that I would have grown out of video games, but now it's my career. <laughs> so you need to set realistic goals. 
uh, for yourself if you want to get involved in esports. There have been a lot of times where people will start too big too fast and they get burnt out. So my recommendation is start with one company, one game, and just go from there. And start with a game that works with whatever your school system has. Uh, so set a budget for this. So uh, if you're like me, I used to be an English teacher and I had no budget. Um, <laughs> we just didn't. So now I'm an audio and film teacher and I get a budget. So it really just depends on what your budget is. If you have no budget, fear not, I have free things you can use. If you don't have a budget, I have free things you can use. If you have a budget, then you might want to look at some of this stuff. Uh, research options based on your classroom needs. Listen, nobody knows your class and your students but you. I don't care what anybody says. You're in the room with them the most. You spend more time with them than their parents do. So you know what your kids need and what they like. And then, of course, if you are implementing anything, you know, record it. Record how this class did versus how this class did. Or you can do like me in my first years of teaching when I tried gamification. I would do it with one class and not do it with the next class and then compare to see which class did better. And lo and behold, the one with gamification always retained the information and performed better. And then, of course, uh, ask an expert and other people if you uh, need help. So how can you make decisions about esports programs? Uh, essentially, there are three programs out here. There's Play Versus, that's the one that I'm attached to. There's GSELF, that's the Georgia, I always mess this name up, Scholastic Esports Federation, and then there are the High School League. They're, these are the three big ones. Uh, two of these are for-profit, one of these is a non-profit. So GHSA, Play Versus, um, this is why you would want to go with Play Versus. They are attached to the Georgia State High School Athletic Association. They're the only program that has that partnership. So what does that mean for you? Well, if your school wants your kids to get letterman jackets and to be state recognized, then you have to go through Play Versus. They're the only company that has that. So that's why you would want to go uh, with them. They're also associated with the National Federation of State High School Association. And I know when it comes to esports, you know, people think about, you know, video games, violent video games. How do we know that we're not pushing that on these children? Uh, with Play Versus, GHSA and the National Federation have to pre-approve all of the games before they're pushed out to students. So nothing is played over T for T. Uh, so also Play Versus, they have game partnerships with some of these developers. Uh, these are just some of the developers that they have. Blizzard, uh, 2K, Nintendo, Sonic. Uh, the games that are offered, let me get all my fingers so I can start counting. Uh, when we first started, it was just League of Legends and Rocket League. So we started with two. And then the next year, they added a third game, which was Smite. And then after that, things got a little crazy. And they added Madden, NBA 2K, Super Smash, Mario Kart 8, Hearthstone, and I think that's it. Hmm? Splatoon. Yeah, so Splatoon 3 now. So we're up to quite a lot of games. Uh, but don't let that intimidate you. You actually don't have to play the games to be a coach because honestly, as a coach, you're going to be doing more, more administrative things if you go with play versus anyway. So this is the price. Uh, the, this is straight up from the Play Versus website. Um, as you can see, it's in very teeny tiny print down here, but it's 80 per player, or you can get a unlimited pass. Uh, now I'll go ahead and tell you, I have never paid that myself. Uh, I come from a small school, and so what happens is I'll turn in my numbers to Play Versus and they will send me back a discount because I am a Title I school. So discounts are available, and it says this price is shown for 16 players, so if you have a team of four, it's not gonna cost that much. But uh, they're willing to work with you. I have not had any negative experiences dealing with pricing and getting a discount and things like that. Uh, so as I said, I am a super coach. Uh, that is my goofy my shirt from my first program. They haven't updated yet, even though I'm with a different school. Uh, so I do audio and film, and currently I'm with Dodge County.
So being a super coach means I get to go to really cool places. Like I got to go to LA because I'm partnered with Wyatt now. And I met with their board, and after the board, I got to go to a studio set that is where Star Trek was filmed on Paramount Studio Plus, which I was super excited about. And then we had a little tour. I got to hold an Oscar, which was cool. Got to see all kinds of props. Uh, but then I got to see the, the film side of esports, the broadcast side which plays into what I teach. I do audio, film, and broadcast, so students, for me, can be eSports athletes or they can do the broadcast stuff. So I got to look at some of the behind the scenes and see the equipment. That is at the college League of Legends tournament that they had, that they threw us out there for. And that's the riot board. Uh, all of these people are extremely important. Uh, the guy that you need to know the most He's not in there, of course. Uh, his, name, his name is Mark. He's from UCI. Uh, LA Times just did an article on him, UCI Irvine. Yeah. And how they're the leading college in esports in California right now, so I'll check them out. So, uh, pros and cons of selecting play versus as a program. Uh, the pros is recognized and support, uh, supported by GHSA, which means you get Letterman jackets. There are in-person state competitions you get to go to, students get trophies, and I believe at one point they were giving scholarship money. Uh, my team, unfortunately, has never made it to state, so I've never got to taste some of that sweet, sweet scholarship money. We get to playoffs and then get knocked out. Um, so it's easy to use. I'll say after looking at the High School Esports League stuff and GSEF, to me it's easy because it's all mainstream by another company. Um, and only selected games are approved by our parent board and GHSA, so you don't have to worry about super violent games being included with this program. Uh, some people say the cost of participation is a problem. That's a whole debate for another time about whether esports and high schools should cost anything. Uh, doesn't, if you play in this program, you cannot participate in any other esports league. You can only do play versus in GHSA and they do not offer any curriculum. So the next thing we're gonna talk about is the High School Esports League. They have been around longer than Play Versus. Uh, they were founded in 2017, and what they do is they offer STEM accreditation programs, and they have middle school and high school programs, and they have their own curriculum. Now, I'm impressed with their curriculum, the free samples that I got. Uh, but uh, I don't really know how much the actual curriculum cost. That might be something you want to investigate on your own. Uh, now, I will say the one of the things about the High School Esports League is you're going to come across games that are not school appropriate. Some people would consider not school appropriate. And we'll um, talk about what those are. So the High School Esports League, what they offer is Fortnite. Uh, that's rated T for Teen. That is a first-person shooter. And although it is rated T for Teen, it is not approved by JHSA because it is a shooter and they feel that shooters do not belong in school. Again, different debate for a different day. <laughs> um, they also offer Rocket League, Minecraft, League of Legends, uh, CSGO. CSGO is a very violent first-person shooter. Um, so that it's rated M for Mature. So that, that's kind of the problem you're going to run into with the High School Esports League. And if you go with them, it doesn't mean you have to offer that game. You can offer all the games that your school approves of. Um, so this is their pricing. And I know it's a little hard to see, but they have free. They have a free, free thing you can try. And then they have $45 per individual student. They have an unlimited season pass and an unlimited annual pass. So it goes from 45 to 1,000 to 1,750. So that is their price. Uh, so here are some pros and cons for this program. Uh, it offers accredited curriculum. It offers high school and middle school programs. Uh, there is funding also. Uh, a while ago, they ran a competition where you could sign up for an eSports lab and your school would win. Like everything you would need to like get an esports lab up and running the computers, uh, the mics, the headsets, all that fun stuff. 
And with this, you can participate in other eSports programs. Unlike GHSA, you're not locked into that one program. Cons, uh, some of the games are not appropriate and it's not recognized by GHSA, so you can't get a varsity letter in this. Okay, and then we have the Georgia Scholastic Federation of Esports. Uh, the commissioner of this, his name is PK Graft. I interviewed him on the Esports Report. You can go and check that episode out. He's pretty cool. Um, they're all about free. And as an educator, I like hearing the word free. <laughs> free is good. My admin like hearing the word free when I come and ask them for things. Uh, so all of their stuff is free. They actually provide their own curriculum and they run their own tournaments. Uh, the only thing is their games are pretty limited. Um, so yeah, they're free to participate. They're actually affiliated with the North American Scholastics Esports Federation. They offer accredited curriculum. And, uh, but the games are very limited. I think it's Rocket League, Brawlhalla, and Chess and League of Legends. I think that's what we have. Uh, they're not recognized by GHSA. So, best practice for esports, if, if you're interested in starting an esports program, uh, start small. At my first program, uh, I made an announcement about esports and I had like 250 students show up. <laughs> now, I was at uh, Colquitt, I was in Moultrie, and I was like, hey, a lot of people and so I had a meeting again the second week and we grew from 250 to 500 and I was by myself and I thought I was gonna have heart attack <laughs> um, so thankfully uh, because we went with play versus you have to have a certain GPA uh, so that eliminated a lot of my problems unfortunately <laughs> and so the ones that remained it was about 120 which was still a lot um, so I went to the board it was almost like an interrogation about why we needed esports. And so I convinced them, and then they gave us money, and then we had 60 gaming computers, and life was great. It was awesome. Um, and then I moved to a smaller school and have started my second program. Uh, the first one was the largest one in the state of Georgia, uh, Packer Esports. The one that I'm at now is obviously not the largest one in Georgia, but uh, we make playoffs every year. That's what we're excited about. Uh, but yeah, start small, so start with a very core group of students that you know are going to show up and do what they need to do. Have an action plan for your team. Day one, we're going to cover rules. Day two, I'm going to have a parent meeting so I can address any kind of parent concerns that parents may have. Day three, we start trials. Uh, build strong relationships with your team. Purposely teach life skills. I cannot tell you as a female gamer who's been around for a long time how toxic it can get. I'm sure some of you know this. Um, it's even worse if you're a woman and you have a southern accent. As soon as you speak, uh, it's like there's a target on your back. So teaching kids like not to do that to one another is great, and that's what I do. Like As soon as I hear a student be aggressive or toxic, I come down pretty hard on that student because uh, that's something we need to fix as a community. And then also you want to integrate technology into your coaching as much as possible to make your life as easy as you possibly can. Uh, so a typical practice day, what we do is I record all of their matches, uh, then they watch them, and we make notes on what we did good and what we didn't do so good, and then we make an action plan on how they can improve. And then they have homework where they have to pick a professional, they watch that professional online, they, they do tips and tricks that the professional does, and then they come back and they integrate that into their practice. And so all of this leads into, okay, so I figured out what esports program I want. Now I need to figure out what esports curriculum I want. Um, so again, cannot stress this enough, figure out what your budget is. Do stuff for you and your classroom and nobody else. Uh, see what hardware you have, and what I mean by that is computers. Are your computers from the 80s and struggling to turn on? Or do you have a nice new upgraded lab? There are games for both. It's just, you know, one is going to limit you in a little bit more ways than the other one will. And then see uh, what kind of curriculum you're interested in. If you teach social studies, Search for some esports in that if you teach literature. Search for some esports games you can use in that. Uh, the benefits of this integration is, and this is all from the high school esports league and play versus, is student attendance will 
increase as well as their grades. They have to keep up a certain GPA, so if they start failing, especially mine, they know that I'm coming to their room after them. So they know that they can't make any failing grades and they know that they have to be here at school. If a kid misses a full day of school, I don't let them come to practice. If you can't be here for the learning, you can't be here for the fun stuff. Uh, it does increase student self-esteem. I have seen super shy students become very great, awesome public speakers and leaders on their team. Uh, just, it's, it's baffling, but also very humbling to watch. I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of that process for that kid. Um, so it increases student participation. You know, eSports is inclusive, so it reaches like a wide variety of different people. You're going to have community engagement. Um, and that might take a little bit because when people hear eSports, they're like, what is that? Video games, first-person shooters, bad, yada, yada. So that might take some time turning your community around. Uh, I do audio and film, so I make hype videos for us. Uh, so that has kind of helped with that. You have STEM engagement. You have scholarships. Uh, I went to college on multiple eSports scholarships, just so you know. I still play. <laughs> I just hit Legend in Hearthstone, which is in the top 3% of players. Um, and it has some pretty good career paths for you. Uh, so this is what my classroom actually looks like. And hopefully this will play for you. students talking and laughing and enjoying camaraderie among themselves. Uh, but my laptop seems to have stopped working. I think there's just another window. My kids told me the other day it's like Windows key shift T. Is that it? Is that working? It could be. Okay. I shut it off to make it stop. Sorry. You got to, you got to hear my super cool background <laughs> music. You didn't get to see my cool audio work, but that's okay. That's fine. Um, so yes, eSports practice is awesome. There are a couple of demos I want to show you uh, for different different um, subjects as soon as my computer stops doing what it's doing. Because everything has to pop back up again. Okay, anyway, yes, uh, children having fun and laughing and being joyful. That's what I wanted to show you, but I'll just tell you about it. So. It's great, yeah, that's fun. Uh, so yeah, these are different video games that you can use in different classes. Uh, language arts, narrative-driven characterization, the Life is Strange game series is very good. Some of the content is not appropriate for high school, so you would have to skip over that part if you do that. Um, foreign language, you have influence and Duolingo is another great one you can use. History classes, um, especially if you're exploring like very specific things like Egyptian culture, Assassin's Creed, Origin Discovery Mode is great for that. Science, you got Portal 2 and Minecraft. And anybody else, you have Minecraft, Class, Classcraft, Kahoot, and Quizzes. All right, so Life is Strange. Uh, I, I don't want to say I'm a very emotional person, but this made me cry quite a bit. I was very upset when I played this game. Uh, basically, it's a game about choices. And without spoiling anything for you, uh, the choices you make really determine your fate and the fate of everybody around you. So it's really good for character development, uh, dialogue. It's one of the best written dialogue games I've ever played through in my life. 
Um, it's very emotional. It will teach your kids emotion and empathy, and it talks about things that they go through. So I did include some pictures because I anticipated the internet not, not working or videos not doing what they're supposed to do. Um, so here's a screenshot from this game. Um, yes, there is the age of double hockey sticks word. You can move that out if you want to. But, you know, it's about this kid's being bullied and she's standing up to her bully. That's something all kids go through. And then when you make a choice, this is kind of what it looks like in this game. You've got all these different choices. And what you can do is you can play through this as a class, skip over things that are inappropriate, have your kids logically think about what choice they want to make, which build into characterization of that character and how they would act. Uh, the next game is Influent. Uh, so basically, you play this dorky dude. I don't even know what his name is. And you chill in your apartment. Uh, but everything in your apartment is labeled in the language that you're trying to learn. So you interact with the environment, and for example, you might have a task like put an apple in a refrigerator. You have to find an apple, and you have to put it in the refrigerator. But all, all of the uh, things, all of the, the items are in, the again, the language you're trying to learn. So there is a board that teachers can use, so you can see the progress that the students are doing while they do it. And then if your kids get bored wandering around an apartment, they can transform into a tiny little airplane and play this little airplane game where they shoot at objects in the, um, in the apartment. And again, it's all based on the language that they're trying to learn and there's different languages. And that's called what, I'm sorry? Um, Influent. So is there audio that goes with that in that language? Yes. As far as I know there is. And that, um, that's on Steam, so that would be on a computer. But again, if you didn't have that, you could always use Duolingo. That's a quick and easy way because kids have that. And you can either continue to fight that losing battle, as I have done, or you can integrate it <laughs> into your class and let them use it for good and education. Um, so that was going to be a little video that showed you um, Influentia, but guess what? I got the video saved. Oh, look at me. I had that video there all along. I'm not as smart as I think I am. Anybody with a computer that can run this, and it's not really a difficult game to run. You would just have to make sure that your computers could run it. That, that would be the only limitation with that. Okay. And it's fun. I downloaded it on my computer at home, and I've been learning Spanish. And you got to buy one for each, one license for each device. Uh, yes. So I have three computers that we use them on. So each of those has an account, and then I have students working pairs, while like another group does something else. And, oops, there is also, oh, this is um, Assassin's Creed Discovery Mode. Uh, so this you would need a PS4 or PS5 for, or you can just watch videos online. Uh, most students have their own consoles and they'll bring them. But what this does is this takes all the video game elements out of the game and makes it like an interactive tour. Welcome to Secrets of the Great Pyramid. So students could play through this on their own and you don't have to worry about blood or gore or violence. It's a tour. The Great Pyramid of Giza is considered one of the most iconic structures of Egypt. It is the biggest of the pyramids and the only one of the seven wonders of the ancient world still standing. Once complete, the smooth white of... So you kind of get the idea. 
uh, with that. And there are game developers who do that for like different era time timelines. So medieval, uh, Greek, e Egyptian, that kind of thing. And then uh, for my science people out there, you have Portal. Uh, Portal's been around for a while. Most physics teachers who use it use it. Um, uh, basically, it's a series of puzzles that promotes critical thinking. Uh, what educators use it for is to design test chambers for physics. And so I have, so that's what it looks like. So basically, you create these holes, and then you create another hole, and you can determine like where things go based on these placements. And so what the science teacher did is they said that they used a screen capture program. The person in the game would jump into one of those holes and essentially, depending on where the hole was, it would change the direction of the player. Um, so students would try to like figure out and measure the parts and estimate the size of the gun to get uh, physical numbers for the game's physics. So that would be a great way to use that in science. Uh, and then Minecraft education, this can be used in anything. Uh, Minecraft is fantastic, multiple grade levels. They do have lesson plans. There is a link attached to this PowerPoint. I won't bother pulling it up because the internet's not going to work. Uh, but for example, Minecraft is all about building. So you can have your, your students build, for example, a periodic table, and then they have to learn where everything is. And there are different lessons for different subjects with Minecraft. And then this is my favorite. I've used this one quite a bit in Minecraft. Uh, I'm a big World of Warcraft fan, so this is like a, an educational version of that. Um, so basically, your students can create characters. There is a free version of this. Obviously, if you pay more, you get cool, unlockable stuff. Um, but they create their own characters with their own powers. Uh, you input your class material, and what it will do is create quests. And so I would log in. I would go to the website, this is what I would see. I would click on this quest, and it would give me the objectives on how to beat that quest. And then at the end, I would take a test, which would be a boss fight. So this would be my test. I would set his HP, his little health to whatever I want, and each time a student got questioned correct, it would damage the test. And they like that. On Thomas Pratt, did you have to they're both. You can you can use pre-built that are already there. I created all of mine because there weren't there's not really a lot of material for audio and film. A lot of that is making it on my own. But there's stuff already there. And then all of you know probably Kahoot. Kahoot's an easy way to integrate game-based learning. If you want a more um, high school version of that, I use quizzes. I like quizzes better than Kahoot because it forces my students to to read questions and not like just memorize shapes. But that's just me. Um, so I do use Hearthstone as a specific game for instruction. What I do is I'll put students in pairs. Uh, they have vocabulary words in front of them. And basically, they'll, they'll take their turn in the game. And then while they're waiting on their opponent, they have to be paying attention to what's going on in the game, but also telling me the vocabulary words. Like I'll pull one up and show it to them, they have to tell me the definition. If they miss it, they have to wait their next turn and completely lose a turn. So they're focusing on the game, but they're also learning at the same time. Um, I would not start off with that. That's something you want to build up to. And then League of Legends uh, is great for narrative. Uh, Riot does a really good job with creating worlds and developing characters. So you might want to use that with how to teach narrative writing, how to teach world building, how to teach structure, um, and technical writing, all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, um, technical issues. You got to make sure IT is on board. If your IT is on board, you will not be successful. Let me go ahead and tell you. You got to get those guys on board. Um, and you got to consider how much support you're going to have from the students, from the staff, from the admin, from the community. And then you want to think about any personal issues. How much time are you really going to invest in this? How, you know, how much money do you want to spend or not want to spend? How, you know, how are your resources? Things like that. Um, so that's me. I'm Ashley. Thank you for listening to my talk. Well, we're not finished yet. <laughs>
So somebody made an idea, you already heard what she said, so I don't repeat, but e-sports education is so more than just a game. I like this simple statement. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and it teaches students teamwork, communica communication, and creative thinking, and digital literacy. There are many things we can say, the problem with how we're going to use e-sports. The direction of e-sporting education, you heard the, the terrorists say, 175 colleges, universities are members of national NACE, and offer an official recognized e-sports program right now, getting more, pretty much, and they give the scholarship, money. So your school, your student, maybe they're not, you know, traditional student, but you can encourage them to join your team and study and play at the same time and get a scholarship and get into college and university. And you can see our oh, college e-sports e degree. They have a degree for e-sports. I love this statement <laughs> as parent. Parents will enter their kids in e-sports instead of a traditional sport. It's not gonna happen today, okay? <laughs> I don't think so. But tomorrow, maybe. So think about your kids. You know, my kids, they love playing <laughs> this. <laughs> they don't go outside. <laughs> I try, I believe I try hard, let them know you can play outside, but they stay home. Good things, they don't get any injured, right? They're very safe. So far I know they stay home, my home, so I know they're safe. But who knows if they could play with their kids, their friends, friend house. But again, Tomorrow, maybe the parents encourage their kids to ask your teacher. You can join the sport. Why don't you join the sport? You know, several kids come to me. You know, what should I do? What do I do? You know, yeah, what do you do? What What do you like to do at school? Play. Go to the team. You can do, you can do many things. Nowadays, not my days. <laughs> as a parent, as a teacher, you know, you know, we usually say, don't play. Now we, what, you know, COVID, we allow everyone bring their devices, right? Open the laptop, open things, open your phone. So why don't you, we gonna say, you know, you like it, play, and join the team. And there's a lot of things going on in the news and article and talk about this. It's very hard to say it really, really work. So far, we know, mm-mm. Because the esports need many things, right? I think they need time because like you guys come and join and you have to make a story you have to change education what we can do is up to us you know technology is available right now right kids is there it's, it's our time and we have to think about how we're gonna use this concept or this idea to help our students so as a Last work, we working on this, and next year or the other year, we will see what's gonna happen. But I wanna ask you, how many of your school has esports or team or? Okay, thank you. All right, we got a few, but about eight, right? Eight schools. I hope I can see more next year and more in the following year. Okay, I know you wanna ask a question, right? Yeah, yes, go ahead. 
it's time for you to ask question to our answer. Yes. Okay, um, I noticed in, as you rolled through some of the options, one of the programs offered middle school and high school opportunities, but not the GHS Act because of the high school affiliation. So I don't know if you, do you see clubs at the middle school level that build into the actual team at the high school or how, how what, have you, what have you seen out there? We've been working on that and a lot of schools do that if they go with the Play Versus route. Play Versus has something called a youth league. I did not mention that because they play Overwatch in the youth league, which is not going to work in a lot of schools. So what you could do on your own is start a program as a club at a middle school and then have that as a feeder into high school. That's what I did at my old program. It takes some time to do that, and that's what I'm trying to work on now. But would you recommend working collaboratively with the high school to start the high school program first and then build a club from that since there seems to be already more stuff? Yes, I would, I would do that. I would do the high school first and then the club. Yes. What the competition like? What, how do they actually compete? What is the competition? It depends on the game. Like for Rocket League, uh, they're on computers and you plug in a controller just like you would a, P, a PS4 or PS5. And what they do is game time is at 4. So I'm logged in to play versus. The other team is logged in to play versus. And we're chatting with each other. They have an in-chat feature. And one of us sets up the match, the other team joins, and then they compete and we record the match results. Okay, so you have to basically find schools to compete with. All of them come from a database that is in, like, Play Versus takes care of all that. Okay. Like, so let's say there are 126 schools for this season. Mm -hmm. They will be randomly assigned, mm -hmm. and then they'll start playing each other. And based if they win or lose, that'll change their standings. And okay. And they'll, they'll let you know what games yes. are. Okay. Yes, they did. Yes? Um, what would you sort of recommend as, like, schools trying to commit their future? Like, how long When I first started, and when I was younger, and had more energy, and uh, was insane, I did it every day. Uh, because I wanted my teams to be good, because a lot of them have never played these games. And like League of Legends, for example, uh, it's kind of di a difficult game, there's a lot of complexity to it. It's not one that you just step into and suddenly are good at, so you have to build that time. With my new program, we only do Wednesdays and Thursdays uh, because I'm exhausted uh, most of the time. And also the kids do band or they work. So it really just depends on you as a coach. You get to set that schedule. Would you find adding just one or two sessions and you might have to stuff I do because I tell them if they are really serious about it, they'll play outside of school with their friends. Okay. With, their, with their teammates if they're super serious about it. Because like my practice runs from three to five, realistically. Even if I gave that to them every day, that's still not enough. They need to be practicing at home. If they want to get good and get on my level, that's what I tell them. <laughs> yes? Um, regarding the question that you was talking about middle school, how do you feel about uh, fourth and fifth grade in a club kind of setting? The only thing you're going to run into trouble with that is the rating systems for the games. Uh, e for everyone is 10 and up, and then T for team, they is 16. So I think if you wanted to do that, you would have to get parent permission forms, and that could be a workaround. Yes? What is the season? Like you said, you're a semi-school uh, So play versus in GHSA. Um, their season, they have two seasons a year. As a super coach, I'm involved with both seasons. So that is a fall season and a spring season. So fall runs from September to December, and then the spring runs from February to April, March, somewhere around there. It's eight weeks. It's eight weeks of regular season, then playoffs, then state championship. Yes. So yes. I was just going to say to jump off of that, would you think that if any of us were considering trying it, there would be enough time to implement it now in order to jump into the spring season? Mm -hmm. You have time now. Because sign-ups won't begin until February. Thank you. Yes. Um, so what about middle school? I was a middle school teacher. Um, you know, this is middle school, high school, but this is an alternative. Uh, but just for anybody that's interested, A-L-E, which is 
is a little bit associated with medical education, just started a piece of course from this fall. Mm -hmm. So Say that again. they have a thing on their Say it one more time. AMLE. A-M-L-E. That's good, because that's one of the limitations is... I was curious if there was any other alternative, but that And the reason I think they start with high school is because a lot of colleges are looking to recruit. And so they'll look for them in high school, like I've had recruiters come. And what recruiters are specifically looking for is communication, how your team communicates with each other, because you could have the best of the best player, and if they're a toxic human being, they won't take them. Uh, and yes? Uh, so uh, I'm IT at a high school, and this is our first year doing like three sports. And uh, I was curious to know, is there any kind of recommended vendors, especially here in Georgia, that we partner with to help build out our environment, like headphones and mice? I mean, we're going to see that kind cheap stuff, but it doesn't compare to none of that. And, like, I forgot some of those, the lead for headphones for actual that, that's what I was going to say as HyperX. We're partnered with HyperX. What about Rob? Like, agents, Rob? Public papers? Do they do anything with high schools or anything else? I do not know. Yeah, HyperX is just who we, we got lucky. <laughs> Any other questions? No? All right, well, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned some stuff. Thank you for coming. In case your flight, the handout has an eSports badge on the bottom, left right side. I think there's like eight of them out there. If you have it, show us and we can give you this DSU wine bag with some booties in it. <laughs>